Direct your attention to Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. Pastor and I seem to be uh, in similar veins of Scripture in our study. We're both going all the way to the beginning, the creation, although we'll be looking at completely different subjects. For those of you who are in the adult Bible study, I do want to set the record straight. Jonathan and I did not run from the snake. We killed the snake. So there you have it. Just mark that down. All right, John might have run, but I killed the snake. Or I might have run and John killed the snake. It doesn't matter. Details don't matter. But regardless, we didn't both run. I'll leave you to figure out who ran. We'll just leave it there. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. And uh, someone before service asked me, they said, Are, is this going to be one of those Genesis to Revelation sermons? And I said, no, this is going to be a Genesis to John sermon. So uh, we're going to go from Genesis to the Gospel of John. If you have Genesis 1-1, say amen. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. I'd like to preach from a simple Subject today, let there be light. Let there be light. Can we put our Bibles down, lift up our hands? And I wish that someone would just really enter into the presence of the Lord right now. Lord, I pray right now that we would not be going through the motions, that we would open up our hearts so that we could hear what you're trying to say to us today so that we could receive with gladness the word that you're trying to speak into this congregation. Lord, you have a word for us today, and I pray that we would be the good soil that could receive it. We worship you. We praise you. And everyone said in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing as you're being seated. Look at your neighbor and tell them, let there be light. There's a fairly well-known anecdote story that perhaps some of you have heard of a university professor who challenged his students with this question. He said, does evil exist? And did God create everything that exists? And a brave student spoke up and said, yes, I believe that he did. And so the professor answered by saying, if God created everything, then God created evil, since evil exists. And according to the principle that our works define who we are, then God is in fact evil. Of course, silence settled over the classroom until one other student raised his hand and asked permission to speak. And he began to pose a series of questions to that atheist professor. He first posed the question and he said, does cold 
exist? And the professor responded and said, of course it does. We've all been cold. In fact, some of us are cold right now. And the young student said, no, sir. Scientifically, that's not true. Cold does not exist. Cold is simply the absence of heat. And then he asked the question, sir, does darkness exist? And the professor responded and said, of course, darkness exists. We've all been in darkness. And the young man said, no, sir, scientifically, darkness is not quantifiable. Darkness is simply the absence of light. We can measure light on a spectrum. We can place light. We can verify light. But darkness is simply the absence of light. Darkness is nothingness. And so then he posed a third and final question to that professor. And he said, sir, does evil exist? And the professor said, of course, evil exists. We see it every day in the world around us. And the young man said, no, sir, evil is the absence of godliness. And so I tell us today, if Jesus is the light, as the scripture teaches us, then spiritual darkness is the absence of Jesus. In the beginning, the earth was without form and void and darkness or nothingness was upon the face of the deep. In other words, there was infinite nothingness. And God spoke into the nothingness and said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he divided the light from the darkness. God created light. God did not have to create darkness because darkness is the absence of light. By creating light, he separated the darkness because light always drives the darkness away. You cannot turn a light on in a dark room and the darkness overpower the light because light always drives the darkness away. God spoke physical light into existence and he gave his creation exclusive access to his presence. Adam and Eve lived in physical and spiritual paradise. But disobedience and rebellion brought spiritual darkness upon humanity. Sin entered into the world. And when sin entered into the world, spiritual blindness came upon humanity. Remember, God is holy, and he will not mingle his righteousness with unrighteousness. And so darkness prevailed. The absence of godliness introduced a vacuum into the world of what we call evil. The law of Moses was introduced and gave mankind a glimpse of God's expectations. But it was only a glimmer of light in the darkness. But there was a spiritual light that was coming. A light that would transform the world. A light that would literally turn the world upside down. There was an, an undeniable light that was coming. A light that would pierce the darkness. A light that would cut through all of the blinders that this world had over its eyes. 
The Gospel of John connects the light spoken into existence at creation in Genesis chapter 1 and links it to Jesus. The creator of light is also the giver of all truth. Look at your neighbor and nudge him and say all truth. In the beginning, the writer of the gospel said was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. First, we should notice that John is clearly claiming that Jesus is the same God that spoke the world into existence. Any apostolics alive and well this morning who could testify with me that Jesus is the one true living God. Jesus is and was the sustainer. Jesus is and was the light of the world. Jesus is the only hope. God's truth is not one of many truths. Some of y'all going to have to wake up and catch this. I'm going to say that again. God's truth is not one of many truths. Listen to me carefully. That would make truth untrue if there are all kinds of contradicting truths in this world then there are no true truths at all no god's truth is the only truth i'm gonna say that one more time until somebody wakes up wipes the sleep out of their eyes and understands that god's truth is the only truth he is the way the truth and the life praise god now, here's where it gets a little controversial. Most people can get excited about that. But then when I say something like everything else is darkness, we get uncomfortable. But I'm going to say it anyway. Everything apart from God's truth is darkness. Everything else leads to nothingness. Everything else leads to hopelessness. Now, I know this isn't going to get you shouting and and uh, I wish I could preach something to make you shout for a minute here. But that's why we have suicide rates at an all-time high. That's why anxiety and depression and despair is at an all-time high in this world. And by the way, in spite of the fact that humanity is living with the longest lifespans that humanity has ever lived under in the modern age, excluding Bible times, of course. I was reading just the other day that in the early 1900s, late 1800s, the average lifespan for a male was 42 and a half years old. Now we're creeping up into the 70s and sometimes even into the 80s and 90s, and that's becoming commonplace. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. In spite of the fact that the average person lived in poverty around the world, poverty, uh, contrary to what many people would tell you, is actually starting to decline. Humanity is living under better conditions than they ever have. Are you saying everything's perfect? We're in utopia? No. We're never going to be in utopia until we get to heaven and live forever with the Lord. I'm just trying to help you understand that people have more gadgets, more apps, more cell phones, more money, longer life, better health, access to all kinds of things, and yet humanity is still depressed. People have more stuff. They have nicer cars. 
They have games to play. They have video games that get them lost in alternative reality for hours and hours and hours at a time. They get lost in some kind of world that is a fantasy. And yet when they come back into the real world, they are discouraged, depressed, and unhappy. They are living in spiritual darkness there is darkness and void upon the face of the deep. There is nothingness there. I talk to people all the time in counseling sessions who will say something like this. They'll say, Ryan, I can't feel anything. And that's why I have to hurt myself and and that's why I have to seek another thrill or another perversion or another one night stand or stick another needle in my arm or drink another ounce of something because I'm just trying to feel something preacher darkness was upon the void and darkness was upon the face of the deep nothingness emptiness and so I'm preaching today let there be light let there be light and God said let there be light and when God speaks light into nothingness the light will suddenly be revealed it'll be like a light switch came on and all of a sudden where there was blindness there will be sight where there was discouragement there will be hope where there was despair there will be joy hallelujah somebody ought to lift up your hand and say thank you Jesus that I saw the light let it be 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 Jesus said it this way I am the light of the world he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. I wish a Christian would reach out and claim this promise today. We got far too many people who speak the name of Jesus with their lips, but they're walking in darkness. Let there be light. Let it be so. Let it shine in the darkness of a world that has chosen darkness over the light. In another place, Jesus said... They loved the darkness more than they loved the light. It's difficult to understand, but some people choose darkness. They choose false doctrine. They choose despair over the light, but it does not have to be so. The Apostle Paul said, For though there be many that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things. Another time he said there is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Anybody have the Holy Ghost today? You ought to say thank you, Jesus. Jesus is the light. He is the truth, and he is the only way to salvation. 
If you're feeling empty today, and I know that I'm preaching a little hard and fast, but I want to pause here and help someone understand that uh, there is empathy here. There is sympathy for those that are hurting. I don't think there's anyone in this room who has not experienced pain, who hasn't experienced despair, who hasn't had moments of hopelessness where you didn't know how you were going to take another step. You didn't know how you were going to live through another day. Any human beings in the house today, when the doctor tells you cancer, sometimes it's so discouraging. You don't know how you're going to get up out of bed and keep on moving. When tragedy strikes your life, when you lose sight of hope, you don't always know how it's going to happen in your life. But can I tell you that you need the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to speak into your life. If you're feeling empty, it's because there is an absence of light. If you're feeling lonely, it's because there is an absence of light. If you're feeling lost today, it's the absence of light. If you're feeling nothing today, it's the absence of light. If you're blind spiritually, it's the absence of Jesus. If you're powerless, it's the absence of Jesus. If there's a void in your heart, let there be light. Now, some of y'all stretch out your hands and let's pray this direction. The Lord would touch and heal. Seems like the enemy's coming against our bodies today. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that healing would take place. I pray that you'd move and touch, place a hedge of protection around this church, around its members. Lord, I feel the enemy coming in like a flood. I pray that the church would raise up a standard against the enemy this morning. I rebuke every attack of hell right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish a prayer warrior would shake yourself in the Holy Ghost. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Devil, you can't do it. Devil, you can't do it. Devil, you can't do it. I rebuke you right now. Mm. You know, it's time for the church to understand that we don't just come here and clap our hands and do our thing. There's a spiritual battle that is taking place every time that we gather together. And when we come with our mind distracted in all kinds of different places and all we can think about is the latest app we downloaded on our cell phone, God, forgive us. We need to come prayerful. We need to come with a praise in our heart. We need to come ready to rage spiritual warfare. We need to come ready to attack hell. We need to come ready to plead the blood of Jesus. We need to come ready to pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. We need to come ready for revival fire to fall. We need to to come ready to rebuke the enemy and have authority in Jesus' name. We've got to stop worrying about whether or not it's our favorite song that's playing and it's the favorite key and everyone did everything just right. We're too close to the coming of Jesus to be quibbling over silly, irrelevant stuff. People's lives are at stake. People's souls are on their way to hell. And it's time for the church to wake up and have revival before the trumpet sounds. Let there be light in the darkness. Let there be light.
Let there be light in the darkness. Hallelujah. If you're not careful, you'll be caught off guard. I'm not in my notes right now, but I'm trying to help somebody as a pastor. If you're not careful, you will be taken off guard. And you will miss what God is trying to do. And the enemy will come in like a flood. And you will be completely unprepared and completely undefended. You need the helmet of salvation. You need the sword of the spirit. You need the blessed breastplate of righteousness. You need your feet to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. My God, we need to put on the whole armor of God so that we can withstand every attack of the enemy, so that we can block every fiery dart of the enemy and make no mistake, the enemy is raging, darkness is encroaching. Jesus warned us over and over again, we're living in the last days. The darkness was going to increase, but there will always be a city that is set up on a hill. With a light that cannot be hid. It's the church of the living God. How many knows that God will always have a church? God will always have a people. Light hurts. Now listen to me carefully. Light hurts before it heals. Truth always hurts before it heals. Everybody okay? I knew you weren't going to just tear the ceiling up over that point. Light always hurts. Truth always hurts before it helps, before it heals, before it makes a difference. Have you ever slept very soundly in a completely dark room? If you're like me, I can't, if I'm going to sleep, I can't have any light at all. There's a lot of good preaching in there too. A lot of people are asleep, and it just takes a little bit of light to wake them up. But I'm one of those people, when I'm trying to sleep, I cover the blinds, I shut the door, I turn the fans on, everything's got to be pitch black. And if it's light, it just keeps me awake. But every once in a while, I'll be able to, to keep, get everything completely dark. And then one of my beautiful, precious children... <laughs> will come in sometimes early. I don't know why, but my son likes to wake up at 5 in the morning. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And he's wide awake. He's ready to go. And so sometimes he thinks it's funny. It's not, but he thinks it's funny. He'll open my door really quietly and not wake me up, and then he'll turn every light in the room on. And he laughs, and I don't laugh. He thinks it's hilarious. But let me tell you what happens. If you've ever been in complete darkness for an extended amount of time, and then you go into a bright room and someone just, boom, they turn the bright lights on, what happens? It hurts your eyes. And it takes your eyes a moment to adjust to what has just changed in the atmosphere. Have you ever woke up and, and you'd been in a deep sleep and you couldn't remember where you were? Anybody ever have that happen? That's kind of scary, isn't it? You wake up from a deep sleep and, and sometimes over the years I've preached in all kinds of different states and I've been in trailers and I've been in uh, 
houses of people I didn't know, and I've been in, in church basements, uh, you know, with all the demons trying to get in. No, I'm just kidding, but I've been in church basements and, and all kinds of strange places that weren't home or familiar, and I've woke up pitch black in the middle of the night and just laid there and thought, where am I right now? Ever had that happen? Maybe you haven't traveled as much as I have. And then there's been times where I've been in a, a dark room in a place that I wasn't familiar with. And I'll get up and I'll try to move around in pitch darkness. And I trip over stuff. Can't find my way. And then when I finally find a light switch, I thought I was in one part of the room and I was in the complete opposite side of the room. And I'm disoriented. Anybody ever had that happen? Because darkness is disorienting. Darkness is confusing. And when you're in darkness long enough, you start to kind of be a little bit lost even though you don't realize that you're lost. And when light shines into your situation, not only does it hurt your eyes physically, but it challenges you and you're turned around and it takes you a moment to get your bearings. That's in the natural that's in the physical. The same thing happens when spiritual light is suddenly shined into your life. It's disorienting. It's confusing. It hurts a little bit. It challenges things that you always thought were true. It shakes things up in your worldview that you always took for granted to be completely true. We're hard on the Pharisees. We're hard on the Sadducees who crucified Jesus. But Jesus was challenging their entire world view. The light shined in the darkness and it hurt them. They didn't know what was happening. It confused them. It disoriented them. And so they did what everyone does when their worldview is dying. They did what most people do when they began to realize that everything they thought was true was actually wrong. They lashed out against the messenger. That's what people do. When we realize my worldview is being shaken, we lash out. Light hurts before it heals. Look at your neighbor and tell him that. Light hurts before it heals. Paul was a great persecutor of the Christians, and he really was sincere in his own uh, beliefs in Judaism. And, and Paul was fighting what he thought to be a completely wrong cult. He really thought Christianity was a cult, a perversion. He probably thought that it was demonic. And so Paul was persecuting the Christians. He was attacking the early church. He was breathing out, the King James says, slaughtering against the church. He was very, very angry, and he was on his way to Damascus, traveling down the road to persecute some more Christians, when the Bible says that suddenly a light shined from heaven. And Jesus began to speak to Paul. Now you need to understand that it wasn't a coincidence that Jesus spoke to Paul and shined a bright light from heaven. He was saying, I am the light of the world. He was saying, let there be light. He showed him a physical light because he was about to show him a spiritual light. 
And when Paul saw the light and heard the voice of Jesus, the Bible says that he was blinded. Huh. The light blinded him. And Jesus told him, I want you to go and wait until someone comes and speaks to you about what you need to do next. God spoke to a man by the name of Ananias and said, I want you to go and pray for Saul and tell him the gospel. And so Ananias was obedient and he went to Saul, who later became Paul, of course. And he said to him, he said, I'm going to lay hands on you and pray that thou mightest receive thy sight. What was he saying? He was saying, Saul, we're going to pray, let there be light. Not just physical light. We're going to pray you get your sight back and you can see physical light. But we're also going to pray that you can get the revelation of the one God in Christ Jesus. That you can get the revelation that you need to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That you can receive the light of the revelation of truth. That you need to be buried in the waters of baptism in the one and only saving name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You need to have physical light and you need to have spiritual light and you need it right now. And so Saul, I'm going to lay my hands on you in Jesus' name. And when I do, light is going to come into your vision and you're going to speak in other tongues. And when he laid his hands on Saul, somebody who hated Jesus, all of the sudden the scales fell from his eyes. And he could see clearly. And he began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And the Bible says that immediately he arose. He got up. He said, I'm not waiting another minute, Ananias. Take me to the waters of baptism. I need to be buried in his name right now. I need to go down in the waters. Light came into his life, light came into his heart. Light filled him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord. If you remember the day that Jesus filled you with his spirit, somebody ought to shout hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. On the day of Pentecost, they were all with one accord in one place. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And listen carefully. And began to speak with other tongues. A light fell on their head that people could see. (coughs) And they began to speak with new tongues. Of course, the crowd was confused. They thought they were drunk. And so they began to question what was happening. And they were pricked in their hearts when Peter told them that you have crucified your Lord and Savior. You have crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. Light hurts before it heals. Look at your neighbor and tell him light hurts before it heals. They were pricked. They were convicted. They were hurting in their spirit. But they didn't let it keep them from asking the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? And that's when Peter responded and said, repent and be baptized every one of you 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the light of the gospel. It is the light of truth. It's the only truth. It's the only way to be saved. It's the only way to heaven. It's the only method that Jesus himself gave us. And you cannot have spiritual light apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me. In the beginning, Genesis 1.1, God said, let there be light. At the birth of Jesus, there was a light that shone in the angels in majestic light. They said, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. In the New Testament, all the way when the church was launched on the day of Pentecost, tongues as a fire. And the light of the gospel was preached for the first time into the darkness of the world. And it literally turned the world upside down. What we need in the last days is we need people who are willing to receive the light. It's going to hurt at first. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to challenge things you thought you already knew. But you need to embrace it and pray that God would take spiritual blindness out of your life so that you could see the revelation of who he is, so that you could know that he's a savior, that he's a healer, that he's a deliverer, that he can touch any situation in your life. If God could speak the world into existence, God can speak into your depression. If God could fling the stars into space, he can speak into your despair and put light where darkness is. If God could pour out the oceans with just one word, God can speak into your addiction and let light come into the place where darkness now resides. If God could speak physical light into existence, God can speak through you and you can speak with new tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I'm always amazed at people who struggle with tongues and, and the Holy Ghost and all of the moving and the operating of the Spirit. Because either you believe that God is all-powerful and can do anything or you don't believe in God at all. Because He either is what He says He is or he's an absolute untruth. But I believe that Jesus is the light of the world. I wonder, and I know we've been pressing up against some things. I know there's been distractions. I understand all of that. But I wonder if there's someone who would be willing to come and stand with me and say, Brother Ryan, there's been a darkness that's been pushing in my spirit. And I need the Lord to bring light into my life. Maybe you need a revelation of who God is. Maybe you need the Holy Ghost. Maybe you're battling discouragement and depression or doubt or fear or anxiety. Whatever it is, could we be willing to come and stand before God and our brothers and our sisters today 
and say, Lord, I want the light of truth to sweep into my heart. If you need the Holy Ghost today, you ought to run to this altar. If you need a refilling, you ought to run to this altar and say, Lord, I need the light. I need it to be in me, not just around me, but I need the light of the gospel in me, flowing through me. I need the Holy Ghost operating, giving me strength, giving me power, giving me authority. That's beautiful. Pray. Pray right now, every hand lifted. Come on, prayer warrior. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep, prayer warrior. I need you to help me pray. Come on, altar worker. Don't fall asleep. I need you to help me pray. There are people who are battling darkness. There are evil spirits that are coming against some of the people who are praying in this altar. There are demonic forces pressing up against the lives of our young people and our elders. We need the anointing to break the yoke. We need the light of the gospel to pierce the darkness. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody cry out to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's our only hope. He's our only sustainer. He's our only provider. There's an army rising There's an army rising up To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain